Arguably, over the last couple of days, we've seen a huge shift in some of the rhetoric that's coming from the players on both sides of the PGA Tour and Live Golf rivalry. And it really leads us to wonder, is the feud more or less over? Have those voices kind of quieted down? But even more importantly, where do we go from here? What are the next steps? In the last episode, we broke down the whole idea of why this deal was not getting done. Mike, we talked extensively about some of that speculation of where we go from here now that the right. deadline's been extended. But we even had some indications from Kapalua this week. Uh, Ricky, we're going to talk about him and some quotes that he said that really put an indication on the fact that even though we may not necessarily be privy to it, there's still a lot that's going on in the background. So we're going to kind of fill you guys in on that and what was said and try to surmise, like, what does this all really mean? Like, where do we go next? And in the second two, I even want to get into and start to break down at least for 2024, because now we know with that deadline extension, most likely nothing's happening at least for the first quarter into the Masters. So we're going to break down some of the schedule for both Liv and the PGA Tour and look at them and say head to head, like how do they, if 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 the feud, so to speak, we're going to try to build this case of whether or not this feud has kind of died down. But if it has, well, then how do they continue to operate in some sort of shared space? Because we do have some very big tournaments on both sides that are going to go right head to head. Yeah, no doubt about it. So I think we've got a lot that we need to work through here, but let's kind of Bring everyone up to speed. If you miss some of the news, because I know it comes at you fast and furious, mm-hmm. and that's why we like to break it down here on the podcast each week and try to bring you guys up to speed. But I think one of the biggest changes we saw, Mike, was what Rory said. Yeah. You know, were you expecting that at all? No. But it tells me that uh, he knows something. They know something. There's something behind the scenes. Why is he backpedaling? Yeah. And and I wonder, and, and I think that I might know what the catalyst was, but first let's talk about Rory's quote. So uh, Rory came out and, and later we'll talk about the reaction that we got from Greg Norman, who said new year, new Rory. But it, it you know, it does kind of sound like new year, new Rory when you see this. So uh, just going into that quote from Rory, he said, I was maybe a little judgmental of the guys who went to live at the start. And I think it was a bit of a mistake on my part because I now realize that not everyone is in my position or in Tiger Woods position. We all turn professional to make a living in the sports that we do. And I think that's what I realized over the last two years. I can't judge people for making that decision. If I regret anything, it was possibly being too judgmental from the start. (laughs) I mean, true, true 180 there. Yeah. Wait, was he saying that him and Tiger are absolutely filthy rich? Effectively. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, effectively what he's saying it's is true, that but. those two are in a very comfortable position in their lives, and which we're going to talk about more. Like, I think most of the guys who have reached any type of top 50 in the world status are in good shape. Sure. But it doesn't mean that all of them are just set for life in a way that that money doesn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, or there are other factors, too. Remember, it goes beyond money. This is something I talked about in the last episode. I think there's a lot of decision-making that goes in to for these guys when it comes to things like schedule, where events are hosted. Um, not everyone has a private jet like, like Tiger and Rory do. Not everyone has that type of stuff. So for whatever it is, it's worth... There's two things that you have to say. One is that that was a huge change of direction for Rory. Yeah. There's no denying that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And and I think the other one is it, it does definitely does seem to indicate a cooling off effect. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, no, I, I think right now we're at a place. I think it's the calmness it's it's ever been. For some no, no doubt. Yeah. Um, and and I did not necessarily expect that, especially headed to a deadline that came and exactly. went. Exactly. Right. I would expect this layer level of of discussion if the framework was solidified mm-hmm. at the end of 2023, but it wasn't. So that's on one side of the fence. The other side of the fence, and arguably the most vocal, and you could even make the argument, of course, that he's the one who kicked all of this drama off a couple of years ago now, is Phil Mickelson. Yeah. And we've seen Rory go right in on Phil before. Phil has gone right at Rory's throat. Uh, even going back to the full swing documentary, yeah. I'm thinking. The F you, Phil. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's about as, as, as you know kind of controversial as you can get sure. between the two. And when Rory made the statement, there there can be an argument. You guys can weigh in in the comments. I always we read all your comments. We appreciate all of your takes on this too, because there's always multiple ways to see things. So mm-hmm. we always like to have you guys jump in on this. One could say that some of these responses are are big of them. Others could say that they smelled a little bit of blood in the water, and it was more of like a I'm I was right statement. Sure. You guys, let us know what you think. I'll read the quote from Phil. So Phil said. This quote and many others made today by Rory probably weren't easy to say. Let's not use this as an opportunity to pile on. Rather, it's a time for me and others to let go of our hostilities and work towards a positive future. Love it. I think there's a lot of people who'd be happy to hear that. Sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, how many of us are saying at this point, uh, we're, we're tired of the golf world being ripped apart? Yes. We discussed this you know, last week on the podcast extensively, it's not just us. There's many fans who are frustrated mm-hmm. by this, you know? Um, so, and Phil would be the type of guy who in the past would have piled on. You would think, right? Yeah. So what, what do you think is the motivation behind this? I, like I said, I, I just think that, that there's a lot of people and things happening behind the scenes that they know about. And that's causing uh, a lot of people to backpedal and to say, quote, the right thing now or not jump to this conclusion. I mean, I like Rory's comment. He's right. It's true. There's a lot of guys who live, change their life. Yeah. You know, who had no money. Look like a guy like Chase Kepka made millions in his year there or two years there. Let me ask you this. Deservingly or not? I don't know. Because there, there's going to be some who argue... That he had to be good enough to get there. There's no denying that Chase Kepka is, is an excellent golfer. Right. Uh, there's some who are going to say that you know that was his brother kicking him. Of course, of, I'm sure throwing him a bone. I'm sure it was part yeah. of it. Absolutely. But you know, it's just refreshing to see that it sounds like from Roy's comments, from Phil's comments, that everyone's starting to play nice. Yeah. Well, then we had Greg Norman weigh in. Right. Um, and I, and and Norman, you understand something? There's also a degree that. I would imagine some of these guys feeling a little bit validated mm-hmm. because you got to think a guy like Greg Norman, when this all started, really sticking his neck out on the line and really putting his legacy largely oh, yeah. on the line. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yes, you could make the argument that money kind of laughing all the way to the bank kind of soothes a lot of that. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not these guys. I can't put myself fully in their shoes. But to me, if I was in a certain point in my life where I said, like, you know, I have a Hall of Fame or all that type, and that's all coming into question because of my rebel status mm-hmm. with this new league, you know, y- yeah. y- there's a lot of ways you could think about that. But what Greg said, he comes in, he said, I'm very appreciative of what Rory said. It's been a painful couple of years. What we have done has been consistent. 
Our narrative has been consistent. Our delivering mechanism has been consistent. The, re the, the reason I say I appreciate Rory to fall on his sword to some degree is the fact that he did judge us by not knowing the facts. He judged us on other, on other people's thoughts and opinions. Now, you know, one thing that is largely true from Greg Norman's side is that, he, and what he think he's trying to point out there, is that they're not the ones changing their tune. Rory is. And I think by, by saying that, he's trying to say, like, we were right because we've always said the same thing. And now right. Rory is is coming around to that. But I, I don't know how much I believe that fully because also Rory's wasn't, in his statement, I don't see that as a statement of, of truly saying that he's now a believer in Liv or or is validating what their narrative has been for the future. I think he just needs to play nice. I think Rory's more so just saying a step back, be like, I was too judgmental of the players who took the deal and maybe I shouldn't have gone that far. Right. But Rory still has not gone back on his statement of saying he would retire before he played for Liv. Right. So yes, he did not. I think that there's a degree of Greg Norman is looking for validation. Uh-huh where it might not necessarily be. Um, but, you know, there is, a, there's, a, there's, you know, there's two ways to look at me. He also, he is, Rory is kind of falling on his sword. Rory is, is in a lot of ways saying that he was wrong in his approach. But I think that a lot on the live side, and I understand why they're really searching for that validation. And I don't know if this is necessarily as validating as they want it to be, but they're going to take whatever they can get to yeah. a certain extent. No, they definitely are because they were beaten down as the the bad the bad side of things, the bad side of golf, the bad boys of golf. So yeah, they're going to take any victory they can get. But like, is this leaving so like at the end of the day, is this whole thing just leaving a huge black eye on the game where like now just sponsors galore are going to be jumping out? They don't want to be a part of golf anymore. You know what I mean? Like, do you think that's going to happen? I think sponsors aside, which we'll talk about in a minute too. We did see it. We saw it like Wells Fargo. There's a big rumor that we've got to dig into with the sponsors. Yeah. I think where we are seeing that and the damage has largely already been done is largely with the fans. We talked about it last week in our episode talking about how a lot of fans are frustrated and they're just going to fall back on just watching the majors. They're kind of sick of it. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that it, it can't be reconciled. I still think there's time. I think this is the first step to quiet the rhetoric, but I think the next thing is a deal has to be done. Yeah. Something we I don't think the golf world can live split in limbo forever. I think at some point we need we need some sort of resolution on this. One thing before we get into Ricky's comments that I got to ask and see what you think on this. Was it the turning of the clock, the framework agreement, the 20 to 24 that caused a lot of this or was it John Rahm? Was Rom the straw that was broke Rom the camel's back? John Rom, that was the like oh snap moment. Yeah, because you know that was the first we saw Rory, who was the arguably the 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 loudest mouthpiece for the PGA Tour, change his tone. This is Ryder Cup brother, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you want to get little conspiracy theorists, it's like. He didn't want to lose his Ryder Cup. Hundred percent. He just saw his his coveted, which he's going to captain one day soon, Rory. Like forever, he's going to be a part of the Ryder Cup of Europe, Europe uh, European side. He just saw one of his biggest guys go. Yeah, it's not a good feeling. So you got to backpedal. Yeah, and I, and <laughs> right? I think that there's just so many ways that 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 John Rom button just applied the pressure. And I think it was the one thing that just kind of showed that, especially the length of the deal through 2029, mm -hmm. it just showed that Liv was 
committed financially or whatever you want to call it to saying, we're not going anywhere. So it gets to a certain point where you just, you're going to have to play nice. Like, yeah. and, and, and there's also a side of me that thinks if I put myself in Rory's shoes, like you can't fight this battle forever. No, you can't. And it, it was it's big exhausting. of him to say something because he could have just gone quiet and say like, I'm not participating in this anymore and not say anything. Right. But in a lot of ways, and, and some people love Rory, some people hate him. I, I, I got to say that I think it was big of him to come out and admit to what he felt was a mistake in his, in his I approach, you know? Yep. Um, so where are we headed? You know, what, what really is the next steps with this? And I think one thing that was a huge indication of this was something that came out of Kapalua this week. Yep. There's a couple of things that came out of Kapalua. And, and we'll talk about them in a second. Like you had mentioned in the last episode as far as the interviews go. But let's stick on Rory, Ricky for a second. Ricky has, and, and this is a, something that we can really dive into deeper, you know, in the future. But it looks like Ricky and Farmer's Insurance are parting ways. Now, one bit of speculation that's out there is that just like we saw at Wells Fargo, Farmer's is going to leave golf altogether. I don't want to get too deep into that yet because we haven't seen enough evidence. There hasn't been enough. Just a couple to, of tweets. Right. A couple of tweets. For right now, and you'll you'll hear it in the Ricky quote, it's just Ricky and and uh, farmers who are going their separate ways. Yeah. I did say a couple episodes ago that my concern with all this money was that as the you know, the players and the events, the, the, the purses grow and grow and grow. It's making the players richer and richer, but it's making the game less sustainable mm -hmm. because I think there's going to be fewer and fewer sponsors who can afford to a sponsor an event like these, these designated events that are $20 million. And that's why we saw Wells back out. Yep. It went from nine to $20 million and like, that's just too rich for our blood. We're not going to yeah. do that. But I'm even wondering, as the players get richer and richer and richer, it gets to a certain point where their price tag is going to go up in order for them to be a sponsor. Be like, I'm making so much money, I don't need you exactly. as much. Exactly. So it worries me that there's that overall sustainability of the game. But let's read uh, Ricky's quote. So like it or not, the truth is, is that many times an indication that a player is going to live has been... Uh, parting ways with certain sponsors mm -hmm. and that's the reason why the golf world reports on it because it's come to fruition many times you know you could argue it's a lot of speculation but it's come to fruition you know a, a player loses a couple sponsors a couple weeks later they make an announcement they're going to live right so with that on the table that ricky was lo losing farmers he was asked the question are you going to live so what ricky said was you don't have to worry about that Seeing how much work the guys on the PGA Tour board, especially being around Patrick Cantlay during the offseason a little bit and leading up to this event, I've never seen a person be on the phone so much. These guys are pouring a lot of time and effort into it. I was on the PAC last year, but I've tried to stay out of the way because the guys that are in there, I trust. With Jordan, Cantlay, Tiger, and the other guys, I trust that they are all uh, all going to end up in a good spot, and I have zero plans to go anywhere mm. so that mm. is ricky kind of once again because ricky's been the one who's been hit with it so many times yeah. whether you're going to live put you know kind of putting that to rest but i think the more important thing they like to look in there especially as we speculate like where do we go from here is that quote about patrick cantley and these other guys being on the phone 24 7 
I think for us who we've not gotten as many updates, you know, we just read off like a statement from Norman and stuff. We haven't, other than that memo that came out on New Year's Eve, we haven't gotten a lot from Jay Monahan, you know? Yeah. So we're all kind of wondering, is something happening? Right. Yeah. Right. This to me at least gives some sort of hope that like they're they're working at it. Mm-hmm. You know. They're, but I I have to ask this question, and I'd love for you guys to weigh in the comments on this too, and let me know what you think. Who is Patrick Cantlay and these other guys on the phone with, twenty four seven? Right. Because there's only to get money. Right. There's investors. only a few people I think it could be. Is it investors? Is it other players? Mm-hmm. Are they? calling up every guy on tour and just trying to get them on board with whatever the, the now the agreement might look like. Right. Is it a schedule change? Is it a commitment change? Is it an ownership part of the deal? And they're trying to get, or is it that shoot as, as we have less and less leverage over live and potentially seeing their investment in this merger mm-hmm. going down, down, are they calling up potential investors? Yeah. Right. Who yeah. is it? Exactly. And this is the part that really confuses me. I don't ever see these two tours happily married, right? Because if you think about it, they're two completely different formats to start with. You have a team game and you've got the individual side that's been around for 100 plus years or whatever it is. PGA Tour. Right. So how could these guys go and play in live events or can live guys come back and play in PGA Tour events? And I know we say like Ryder Cup means everything to these guys, but the live guys can play but they have to do well in the majors. Yeah. Whereas a guy in the PGA Couture, he can win the John Deere and maybe one other no-name event and get enough points to get on the Ryder Cup. Right. So how are they going to live in harmony? I have no idea. And I, I raise even a bigger question. Do they really need to? Like, we're They're getting right. to a point where we're arriving. It's like, do they really need, like need each other? To. Because in this world of sports, there is no second sport. We're not going to watch the, the, the team tennis match next week on... Right, but like multiple leagues could exist. I I, I think of like well, they could, but with no success. It's yeah. They usually there are there tiers and ranks to those. You know, even I think of like soccer. You have like the 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 leagues as you move up in leagues. But the reason I say that is like I'm even looking at like from Liv's standpoint. They appear on a weekly basis to need the PGA Tour less and less. Mm-hmm. And they seem like they're headed towards potentially getting official world golf ranking points in some capacity or at least a vehicle for it. And maybe that vehicle is that the guys play in majors and they go and play in some DP world tour events. Right. But they have clearly they have the money. They have what seems to be a long term plan mm-hmm. with their teams and investment. They really, really seem to be following like the Formula One model. They seem less and less like they need the PGA Tour. Right. I right? agree. I and agree. likewise, the PGA Tour might be settling into a spot where they'd be like, okay, we've lost some big names, but it seems like at this point, there aren't many others who are going to be like, it seems like now we were hitting the same guys over and over. Patrick Cantley last week saying he's not going to live. Ricky Fowler's not going to live. Is it get to a point where like they just don't need each other and they can operate separately well we're gonna see it because and we're gonna tease you with this yeah there is an event this calendar year that is the same week and is going to rival one of the biggest most sought out fan events on the pga tour no doubt about why it. why they're doing that i don't know but maybe they're on to something maybe they are so let's speculate where all these guys are going to land let's talk about yep. where we think this is headed in just a second let's do a quick word from our sponsors we'll come right back 
All right, so I've had the Titleist TSR in my bag now for we're coming up on about a year and a half. And I'm telling you what, like we could go in and we've talked about it here before, all the specs, all the reasons why the, this this club is just, it, it's forgiving, it's faster, it's all the things that go into it. In fact, when we were out at TPI, we did a whole podcast with the, the yeah. R&D mm-hmm. team and everybody and, and really finding out the nitty gritty of what's under the hood. But let me ask you this, you know, at the end of the day, does it do, do you care what's under the hood if if you you know you're playing better? Yeah, I see those numbers, man. Potentially not. Like you know, maybe, maybe it gives you a little bit of confidence, and that's sure. why we've hit on it and talked about it so much. But at the end of the day, what it really comes down to is just playing better. And I I just not only has it been you know I've gotten more distance than I've ever gotten before, and that's what you want out of a driver, of course. But it's the forgiveness too for me that comes from a couple things it comes from the new technology that's in the tsr heads but it also comes from being properly fit you know i tried the entire lineup the tsr1 through the tsr4 they all have different things that really help excel for different golfers and different swings i settled on the tsr2 and one thing that i needed some help with was some off center hits Mm -hmm. you know being a nine handicap i'm not always flushing it in the center like the guys on tour and i'll tell you it just had a perfect example this other day i caught one off of the toe the other day just out on the face a little bit and geez it just worked its way back nicely towards the fairway and (laughs) maybe i lost 10 yards on it and i've actually been tracking my stats throughout the year and looking into my shot scope data and just across the board all of my numbers are up my fairways hit have uh increased my total distance has increased my longest drive was yeah my longest drive was this year (laughs) so look i could speak on it and we've done it before all you guys want to keep going into it. But I'll, one thing I'll keep harping on is you just really have to try it yourself. So go to Titleist.com, make it your new year's resolution to schedule your fitting this year, because two things, one, you, you we could talk about it, but seeing is re- truly believing. And when you hit it for yourself and you see the numbers, that's when you start to really realize the difference it can make. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, we've said this before, the technology is fantastic. There's so much goes into it and we've got to meet the great people who put that hard work into it. But really, where that rubber meets the road is when you get it dialed for you. We've really realized on this journey of playing golf how much every golfer is truly different. And when you find the right equipment that fits them, when I, I'm talking about shaft, you know, there's so many different shaft combinations, dialing those heads in with all the different adjustments that you can do, that's when you're really going to see those gains. So check out the new Titleist TSRs. Put them in your hands, but then get there with a good fitter. Go to Titleist.com, get fit. Trust me, you're not going to look back. And huge thanks to FootJoy. I mean, not only do they keep us stylish, but they keep us warm, man. They keep us so warm. We got our first snow, uh, snowfall this weekend up here in yep. the Northeast. I shoveled. I did it. Yeah. I wanted to work out, but I, I knew I was set because I had the entire Thermo Series lineup. And I even went with the wind pants. Yep. We love the, the FootJoy wind pants. FootJoy has everything for cold, cool doesn't have to be freezing. We're going to Orlando in a couple weeks for the PGA show. It could be 50 degrees in the morning. Yeah. But by the time we make the turn, it's probably going to be about 75. Yep. You know, so what FootJoy does with their Thermo Series, they, they allow you to like effort, effortlessly adapt as the day kind of changes. And, you know, as we're golfing, we're constantly taking stuff off, putting stuff on, layering up. But the key is to have something that allows you to swing through the ball without getting all bunched up. Yeah, that layering system is so key. It's so key because it looks thin. And people always look at me and they're like, how are you warming that? I'm like, trust me, man. The technology in this jacket right now is ridiculous. So you have to check out the whole Thermo Series lineup. Go uh, go look at the whole lineup yourself. Just go to footjoy.com, pick up a pair for this offseason. You will not be disappointed. All right, so picking up where we left off before the break, where do we go from here, right? And I think Ricky and Patrick Cantlay, in the past week, with them kind of shooting down their own rumors 
for Live. And now we're only about a week or so away from the first Live event, uh, which kind of indicates to me that there probably won't be any more really big signings. Uh, and, and, and no doubt, we talked about it before, like John Rahm was a lot of ways a straw that broke the camel's back. It was a huge signing for Live. But keep in mind, too, Live also, and some of the stuff that came from from um, Greg Norman heading into the end of last year yeah. was that there was going to be a bunch of big signings. Mm-hmm. We only really saw one. Yeah, uh, that was it. And likewise, they had that but, qualifying event that they did. Which was nothing. Didn't and know not, any of the names. Not a whole lot came out of it. So, did Rom build his team, though? He's still, I think he's still in the process of building that team. Because that could lead to the other signings. It could. So but what I'm saying, as we stand, we yes. can work with what we've got right now. I think both sides have seemed to settle down a bit, right? Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder, is part of where we're ultimately going to land on this is that for a number of reasons, it could be financial. It could be like we mentioned earlier, travel reasons. It could be all these things. We could get to a point where the where just kind of like the dust starts to settle mm-hmm. and players land where they land for the personal reasons that they are. And this is what Rory said before, be like, I can't be judgmental. Everybody's got different reasons, sure. right? And we just start to settle and be like, okay, these are now the tours and we can we can stop bickering with each other. Right. And just kind of all just kind of equally respect where everybody has kind of has kind of landed. Um, so nothing will change. To a certain to, extent, at least outside. from the players, yes. from the player standpoint, you know, of like, I don't, I don't think what's sustainable, in other words, is the constant poaching mm-hmm. where guys are going to be pulled away by a certain degree of money to live. Because I think that anybody who's going to get an offer has gotten an offer or multiples of them. Okay. And I think they've been big enough, big offers. Um, I think at this point, like that's not what's going to start to fracture or split things. Correct. You know, and I think a lot of that, like I said, with the indication of of like with Ricky or stuff like that, I think what you may get is a guy who beyond the money, maybe he's got an offer from Liv, but he says, hey, don't forget this, like all these big names we're talking about, none of these guys need the money anymore. Yeah, right. They're, these guys are all wealthy and well off and mm-hmm. fine in that regard mm-hmm. right you could argue that there's there's guys who are on the come up sure yeah it could change their lives mm-hmm. but for the most part you may get to a point where you have a guy like ricky or whoever i don't want to even just lay, put this in anybody's mouth but there could be a guy who's saying look there are certain events on the pga tour that i love playing they suit my game well you know i play well at tpc sawgrass i want to play the players i play well you know at yeah. tpc scottsdale i want to play in the waste management mm-hmm. right that's a huge part of their decision or maybe it's a decision that's privately between their sponsors their agents and otherwise their sponsor may say hey we want you to stick around the pga tour we want you to play in these events and one of them is our sponsored event right. right then it might be some guys on the other side on live side who's saying like look Maybe they are more, you know, maybe they're, they're, they themselves come from uh, Australia, for example, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to get to play more home games because they're going to be more stops in Australia and live. So again, these are non-monetary decisions that going into it and the dust starts to settle and the guys land, you know, kind of where they land. Mm -hmm. But then the next logical step is, okay, so then what happens for the tours and what happens for us as fans? So we took a quick look into the schedule, (laughs) right? right now understand that we've got to work with what we have and there's still a lot of the lives schedule that believe it or not even though it's only a couple weeks away are still to be determined a lot of tbd up there there is but let's look at just even the first couple of events right so you have um coming up real soon what's the date 
on the first one. The fr- I got to look up. February, I think it's the right? first week in February. So Super Bowl week, huh? I think it's the first week in February. Okay. But the fir- what you have is you got Live Mayakoba, which is the first yep. live event of the, the season, and which will I'm still very interested to see what kind of viewership it pulls because it'll be the first event with John Rahm. That goes head to head against the AT&T Pebble Beach okay, Pro Am. Yeah, yeah, that's not Super Bowl week. Yep. That okay. goes but, but that's a big event. Okay. That's that's an elevated event, $20 million purse event. Yep. So we're going to see here is gone kind of are the days when Live would try to kind of stack their schedule outside of the PGA Tour schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, it's getting to a point where it's like a little bit, you know, potentially head to head. You follow that up, you've got Live Las Vegas this is it. going head to head against the Waste Management Phoenix Open, which is not, I believe, it's not a designated event, the Waste Management. The Waste Management, I don't believe it is. But I don't necessarily think the Waste Management needs to be to have its draw. The Waste Management has its draw either way, and it's going to pull a lot of views. Yep. It's going to pull fans in there. I'm very interested to see because now, like I said, if we're still in this world of this feuding relationship where we're going to be comparing viewership and ticket sales and all those types of things. Maybe we, don't, maybe we don't need to be. You know what I just found out? What? Where's the Super Bowl this year? Where is it this year? Las Vegas. <laughs> the same weekend as Live Las Vegas. So remember last year it was in Arizona. For the Waste Management League. Yeah. There you go. They're going to make that the biggest party of the year. That was the smartest thing Liv did, I think. That's a smart. That, Everyone's going to be in town over they're there. They're going to be there anyway. That's smart. <laughs> Yeah. That's smart because one thing you could like, love, love him or hate him, the truth is Liv has had a little bit of trouble with ticket sales. Yeah, no doubt. So being where everyone already is is a pretty brilliant Why idea. Not? They're, they're going to try to replicate the success they had in Australia. It was their biggest ticketed event. Yeah. Huge fan base for Liv over there, you know, with the champions of like Leishman and Cam Smith and guys like that. This will be that event. They probably want to make this their big Super Bowl. And it's smart because I could see whereas maybe Liv is not yet big enough of a draw to get people to travel to Las Vegas to go see it. But if like you're already in town, if you're in town and now it's like, Hey, let's also Super Bowl weekend. Even if you're not going to the Super Bowl, I just something about being out there gambling. Yeah. And live is still Thursday through Saturday, right? Friday through Saturday, Friday through Saturday. No, no Friday through Sunday. It's Friday Friday through Sunday. Sunday, Right. I I got the three days mixed up. Right. Uh, The reason I say that is because like, that would be a great, Great little trip out there. You go there, there and, then, and then go to Super Bowl mm-hmm, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. That'd be a heck of a sports weekend. Yeah, no doubt. But looking further down the schedule. So, of course, Liv does not have any events opposite the Masters, which makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. you're going to have guys on Liv who are going to be playing in the Masters, right? So yeah. that makes a lot of sense. One thing that I thought was kind of interesting, though, is Liv did not schedule an event directly opposite the players. Now, the players is the PGA Tour's premier event. Some call it the fifth major. If so, it would Uh be the only quote-unquote major that the PGA Tour controls because it's a PGA Tour event. If Liv wanted to stick it and we were still in that contentious relationship, they would put some sort of event opposite it. Correct. Right? Right. Because they know none of their guys have a commitment to play in the players. None of them are going to play there. They didn't, which I find interesting. So it also makes me wonder how much this is part of that framework agreement, how much of this is a kind of like a gentleman's agreement to do or not do certain types of things. Mm -hmm. But again, keeping coming back to like, where are we headed? If this thing happens where the edge comes off, they're not at each other's throat anymore. The players start to respect you went here, you went here, fine. 
The players start to settle into their different, you know, zones. I'm a PGA Tour guy. I'm a live guy. Mm -hmm. I'll see you at the majors. Right. Right. We're going to operate separately, whatever it may be. Deal or no deal. Maybe they have a deal where they kind of come together, but they operate separate schedules. Or maybe the deal falls through. The, the PGA Tour finds its investors other elsewhere, and they operate separately. If that does happen, I can see how fantastic for the players. Mm-hmm. They all became so much richer. Yep. <laughs> More money went into the system, mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. But what about us as fans? Yeah. What do we then start to do when we have our, you know, other than the majors, it, it does this hurt viewership on the whole? Because might a lot of casual viewers have the issue where they say, like we mentioned in last week's podcast, they're just going to tune in for the majors because that's when they get to see everybody. Yep. And then for the more watch week, every golf guys like us, are we going to get into like almost like a NFL red zone situation yeah. where I have to have two televisions? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. That's a tough one. I can't see guys watching. I mean, I don't know. But And, and, yeah. and let me ask you this. If that was the case, is that necessarily a bad thing? Is more golf bad? You know what I mean? In that, like, what if, what if, you know, I have to flip back and forth, but it, it doesn't happen as often as you think. You know, obviously, the, the, the fields are so stacked that they, they come in very tight, usually comes down to the wire, like mm-hmm. it just did at Kapalua. But if somebody was running away with the event on the PGA Tour, Maybe then I flip over to live and see what's going on over there Exactly. or vice versa. I, you know, it, that's the real question I have. And I want you guys to weigh in in the comments on this. Like if you can even flip over to live, is this good or bad for the game? Right. If you had an op, a, a situation where they, they just operate separately, there's maybe three of your favorite players over here and three of your favorite guys over here. And you now have to flip back and forth. Yeah. I don't know, man. And if they're still just sitting on WB 11, I think at that point, the PGA Tour is just like, guys, do whatever you got to do. You're not on TV. We don't care. But. Yeah, but as li- again, like I said, as live grows, it's just going to continue to get more broadcast deals. And we speak to that like locally, but like internationally, there's a lot more broadcasts sure. going yeah, on no and stuff that. like yep. that. So it, it, it's, it remains to be seen like where we're going to be, but there's no denying that there's been a, a, a huge cooling off of the rhetoric on both sides. Um, and that was perfect indication by the, the two kind of heads of it, which was Rory and mm-hmm. Phil, both kind of toning it down. Yeah. Uh, now, there's no doubt that that could get all heated back up again if the deal falls through. But I, what I wonder is, is that an indication that we're getting closer to a deal? Or if, if not, is it an indication that we're getting closer to a settling moment where everyone just be like, this is where we are now. Everyone just kind of respects it and agrees with it. And we move on from here. Yeah. And it makes me think they are filming full swing too all of last year, right? There's a lot of stuff that's still going to surface. Yes. And that may stir things up again even more. I think so. But there's there's no denying that as deep as we're into it, as many years as we're into it, there's a degree of, from fan standpoint, from sponsor standpoint, mm-hmm. from player standpoint, there's a degree of fatigue where yeah. it's just like, we can't continue to bicker forever. You know, it, yeah, it just, sure enough. that can't go on forever. And that's what hurts the game. But, but my concern now becomes how do we unify a little bit more that we don't end up with fragmented attention and we don't end up with a situation now where we start to pull sponsors apart. Which one are you sponsoring? Where are you sponsoring them? And just, again, I might big concern, which we'll continue to watch is that we don't create an unsustainable 
business where so much money is being poured in, but it's, it's, it's helping the player experience maybe, but not helping the fan experience right, enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot obviously to look at here. We want to hear your opinions, weigh in in the comments. We'll continue to watch it. And, and again, we're going to watch really closely this thing with the farmers. Yeah. Because if some of these just, they're just too soon to dig into, there's just too much rumor mill. And I don't want to do, do too much of that, that rumor promoting here, but if, Farmers insurance does pull out of the farmers. And now we got another event missing a kind of a sponsor or looking for a new sponsor. Is that kind of indication that we're going the wrong direction with this game where we're starting to get so expensive and throw so much money at it that we're getting rid of what financially has supported the game for as long as it has, which is sponsors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we become, then the, tip, the tables do tip a little bit where we become much more reliant on things like investors, but investors are going to feel the same way too. No one's, like I said, no one's pouring money into this just to burn through money. Right. They're doing it because it's a business move. And, and at some point we've got more money going out at golf than coming in. And that could be a problem. Yeah. We got to watch out for. So we'll continue to stay on top of it. Uh, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and uh, we'll dig into that news as it rolls in.